Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Hello, everybody. Got some good news and some good news. Sunday, church is on. It's going to be awesome. The church of God, Jesus, is unstoppable. Here's some other good news. We are going to still be having Vision Sunday, but there's going to be a change of plans. We are going to shift it for two more weeks from now on February 25th. Look, there's a little bit of snow. Oh, Michigan, you never know what weather you're going to get. How about this type of perspective? Michigan, we love you. We thank you for sending some snow. We are going to build a snowman, and we are going to handle this curveball because you have to be interruptible. And we are not rushing this. We're in no hurry. We want the baby to come out right, healthy, and we want everyone to be able to celebrate and enjoy what God is doing because really Vision Sunday is not about what God has just spoke to us. It's what God is gonna speak to you. It's gonna be super powerful. But we're gonna delay it two weeks, February 25th, but Sunday, it's still game on as usual, 10 a.m. and 11.30, church representing new life, all races, all faces, all ages. You belong here. You belong here. I love you. We love you. Have a snow, make this snow, have a snow, make this snow, have a snow, have a snow, make this snow, have a snowball fight, ball fight, build a snowman, do something cool, maybe a four, take the curveball, make it happen, audible happen, be interruptible, and continue to love the people most around. See you Sunday, and then also Vision Sunday, February 25th. Get it. With Vision Sunday planned originally for today, that was the message. And as I prayed the last couple of days thinking, okay, what do you want to speak now? And I kind of went to the place where we start all the interns, and it's with the book Radical. And the book Radical has a tagline, taking your faith back from the American dream. And there's another book we have them read, and it's Crazy Love by Francis Chan. And some could say it's kind of the basics to the faith, or you could say that's the most profound place of the faith, is that maybe the starting gates is where all of the secret sauce is. And I today wonder if we need to just kind of get right into the belief of who we are in Jesus and what it means to be motivated by grace and to really be a radical in response to his crazy love. It's not that crazy if you think that you deserve it. Super crazy if you know you're guilty. Because kind of the the question you got to ask yourself, did God come and die for me on my best day or did he die for me on my worst day? Which one? Which one was it? He died for you on your worst day. And when we start to compare ourselves, we find ourselves now looking in the wrong direction. We're going to go right to... um, Acts 2, where the church takes off, lift off, space, taken off, and you're going to see the boldest sermon that is tying it all together. When you watch a trilogy movie, you find out there's backstories and these characters knew each other and it was there the whole time. It's how the Old Testament starts to come alive. 
The Old Testament isn't as rich if you don't understand that it's pointing to someone, Jesus. And then now today, we are in the, mar- the greatest miracle that's ever happened, a new family with God forever. It's the greatest miracle ever is salvation. Not a healing, not a sign or a wonder, but a new life born again. We've got some people who have new life here. That's the greatest miracle. The greatest miracle. I hope that type of uh, stirring up happens for us today. You have Peter, who's just a common person. His profession's fishing, not necessarily where you're trying to recruit people. I love that because it starts to give us a picture that God is interested in recruiting people from all walks of life. He'll take even a common person and start to use him on mission. Now, Peter's the individual who denied Jesus three times. God shows up to him right where he needs it most. He's back fishing, and he calls him back by his original name. Simon, come here. You get discouraged, run away, find yourself wanting to go relapse, if you will. God calls you by name, and he says, come here. Let's walk. Let's talk. I'm not building this thing on your power. I'm building it on my power. He gets this boldness. The Holy Spirit comes, and he starts preaching, y'all. It's the first sermon. But Peter, standing with the 11, in verse 14, lifted up his voice in Acts chapter 2 and addressed them. And he talks to them, men of Judea and all dwell in Jerusalem. Let it be known to you and give my ears to you, for these people are not drunk. They thought when they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they're hearing about Jesus, the good news in their language, thinking, them Jesus freaks are out of their mind. I don't know what they're doing, but they got some new, new, and it's getting crazy in that party. And Peter stands up and says, nope, nope, no one's drunk here. Nobody. What we have going on here is the real deal. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. Some people get drunk on the third hour of the day. But this is what we uttered through the prophet Joel. This is really neat because prophet Joel comes hundreds of years before this. And here we have, in the last days it shall be, God declares, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. That little section includes you. Oh, I'm too old for, or too young. I'm not. Everyone's got their excuses. Would you just stop? For real. Can we stop excuses of why God wants to do something great through you? Maybe today what he wants is an available heart more than a perfect life. And I will show you wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth below blood and fire and vapor of smoke. And the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Wow. Jesus is coming back. In the last days, it's going to come, and he's going to come with fire in his eyes, king of kings, lord of lords, tatted on his thigh. He's coming back. It's time for vengeance, and blessed are those invited to the wedding He's coming back. He's the right I call faithful and true. Ascribe the Lord the glory that's due. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. His name's Jesus. And that's what we celebrate this morning. Goes on and says, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. And you yourselves know 
This Jesus delivered up according to the definitive plan and foreknowledge of God. Who sent Jesus to the cross? God. The plan to redeem sin, but it was God's plan to sacrifice his only begotten son. If you've ever seen this uh, movie, The Train Conductor and His Beloved Son, it's super sad. He loves his son, and um, they, they, they go out, and he's, you know, he's got to shift the track when the train comes by, and, and he, he, the son recognizes that his dad doesn't see that the train's coming, and so he gets down, he climbs down where he has to get where the lever is, but it's stuck, and the father sees it, but he can't get there in time, and he has this choice he needs to make. Save the people on the train or just put down the bridge on his son. And it's, it, I came, I considered showing it today, and I thought, man, um, we're not ready for it, but what we are, I showed it at a youth group for the record, but I was more sensitive thinking about adults. Kids need it bold. They didn't need it bold. I think, honestly, when I think of adult church, here's what I think of. I think of the sensitivity of like a newborn because we, we've been hurt a lot. Kids, they've been hurt, but they're, they're getting, when they get bullied, I mean, it's raw. When they're getting introduced to the world, it's raw. I mean, for us, we get good at playing the game. So we got to kind of take steps and stages. And, and the, the father, the conductor, you know what he does? He, he puts down the bridge and it kills his son and he saves everybody that's on the train. And all these people are on the train, the movie ends and they get off and they don't even know what happened. And he's watching them. And on the train, it shows pictures. There's people, you know, shooting up. There's the card games and money exchange, all these crazy things. And, and every time I even think about it, I cry. What God the Father did to his own son is worse than that, y'all. Because he died for the eternal wrath and the punishment for all of sin forever. You think of a sentence of somebody who's maybe a serial killer. Or, you know, think of the news today with, in our region with Nasser. And how horrible that is. How could that go on for so long? And what is going? And you think of the people in this room that probably been violated and hurt emotionally and physically, and all these things. And and we pray. We pray for the survivors that have just that never asked or deserved any of that. And then also we kind of rejoice when justice is served. But I think how we rejoice or how we execute judgment in the body of Christ is so important. How you do things might be more important than what you do, how you do it. So as Acts, as we think about this day of the Lord coming, Jesus is, we are in the, the greatest promise, okay? We're walking in the fullness of God. And here's, he's telling them, God uh, delivered it up in his foreknowledge. You crucified and killed by hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I will let you in on a little thought. I, I, today, I was like, we're going to read a lot of Bible. <laughs> That's okay with you. Like, we're going to read a lot of Bible. It's a snow day. And come on, anyone who came, they're getting the Bible. And um, I hope these words come alive to you. We've, we've just read a little section. All of it is so rich. You could inch along your whole entire life, and I encourage you to do so. It says, for David saw concerning him, says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades. 
And let your Holy One see corruption, for you have known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I say to you with confidence about the patriarch David. He's petitioning them. You know what he's doing? He's telling the story, including all the recipes of all the familiar faces. So it's really personal because they respect David. And what he's trying to do was David respected and trusted in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That was the Lord he hoped for. Because if Jesus really is alive, you, you got to confront him in one of three ways. Josh McDowell talks about that he's either a radical liar. The question can't be whether he came or not. He came, okay? So he's either the biggest hoax ever. Ha <laughs> ha, liar, liar. Look at him, loony bin. Or he's a lunatic. He's either a liar. This dude is absolutely crazy. You know, when people talk about God's coming or the time, let's be honest, crazy. You're crazy. Or, though, quite possibly with 11 people that would get us together today that we found freedom. And I like how Carla shared it. She made it personal. When Jesus found her in her room, I started thinking, well, when Jesus found me, I was in the top row of the balcony, stayed up all night, found myself. You know, when people talk about a functioning addict, I was that. Functioning addict, seven years, living two lives. And Jesus found me in my seat personally. And to offer me freedom. And it wasn't just like, oh, that's neat. It works for you. No, I think there's power in only one name, Jesus. In only one name. That power in one name is, is controversial. I was getting ready to speak at a school one time. The mayor was there. Uh, and since the mayor was there, the, the one running it, he comes up to me. He said, hey, okay, you're going to get ready to go on. But you can't talk about Jesus. Please, please. The mayor's here. We don't lose our funding. I said, oh, I said, it's all good. But you invited me here, you know. You invited me. And so let's be clear. He's like, oh, okay, blah, blah, blah. we're having this interaction. I said, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I won't do it. I'll respect you. I'm under your authority. I'm not, I'm here to love on the kids and, and, and to sing a song. And so I go up and share a song and don't talk about Jesus, but little did everybody know I'm giving them all the CD. Well, they knew it, but little they know it was on it. The power of Jesus was all over the thing. And everybody left. The mayor liked it and everything was fine because look, it's not sometimes just, we don't have to come in like this. It's just, we're coming in saying, hey, if Jesus is who he is, he can defend himself. And I found out a week before that they had, they had invited other religions to share in a panel, but Christianity wasn't represented there. I think, why is it that we always want to keep Jesus out? What are we afraid of? Come on, let, let people choose. Go home and Google today. Go watch videos. Do whatever you want. I believe this. Jesus is big enough to show you that he's the only way. He's the only way. He really is. And so this is what he's saying. This is the sermon uh, Peter's preaching to people that were present when Jesus was crucified. In fact, they're, they're at the forefront of it. They're the ones making sure it happened. The patriarch David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet, knowing that God has sworn his, with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on the throne. His throne. He foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of Christ, that he would not abandon to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received the Father, the promise of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here today because Jesus left and gave us the Holy Spirit. Because he knew the Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us and point us to truth in his word and make it alive and more powerful. Being therefore 
And David said, ascend into heaven, but he himself, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. And then here is where it gets real fun, okay? They hear this sermon basically saying, Jesus is the real deal, y'all killed him. We all killed him. David pointed to him, but now you do with it as you wish. They don't offer any response. And in verse 36, it says, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ. This Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, this is profound. Because if you go to a Bible class sometimes, we'll talk about giving people an opportunity and an invitation. And that's fine. God's, you know, sometimes come and follow me and, you know, pray. That, those are beautiful opportunities. But notice in this first sermon, there's nothing about response. When someone tells you it's going to rain, whose responsibility is it to go get an umbrella? Mine. Yours. Someone tells you it's going to snow. They don't come and bring you a shovel, right? They just, tell, they just simply report. This is so liberating because, look, our job is not to be the good news, but share the good news. When people say, oh, I don't, I don't love you. You don't have to love me. Jesus can still be true, period. Let's just look at him, examine him. And what are we being bold about? Sometimes we just got to stop and just point to Jesus and proclaim who he is. And here's what they say. They say, brothers, what shall we do? I love this. This is one of the greatest questions. I hope every single person in this room asks, what must I do? What shall I do with Jesus? How do I change my life? How do I alter? No matter what the setting is, what do I just let go and let God? And Peter said to him, repent. This signifies that they're guilty. They need to change. They're thinking. I'm going one way. Here's what repent means. I'm going one way and I'm all in. I'm not not semi in. I am not like three-course way in. I am all in this new life. Death, burial, resurrection. That's what it means to be baptized. You identify. When people get baptized in some third world countries, it's literally a death sentence. It's like putting in the water. Come get me. It's blood in the water for sharks. When they get baptized, their family disowns them. This This is a really serious thing. So think about being radical in our setting. Uh, You know, we have so much amazing things to distract us. And I would dare speculate the reasons we don't see the signs and wonders as we believe. It's because we have signs and wonders everywhere. Borderline holograms. We have, you know, Google thing. I mean, third world countries, sign and wonder, they need it. Because you have Satan worshipers who can do signs and wonders as well. You have people that practice voodoo and they're doing signs and wonders as well. And so the king of the universe comes in with signs and wonders in that setting. And I know this, in in our setting, um, the greatest signs and wonders, I I really believe, is just the testimony of all of us and simply just pointing to Jesus, the blood of the lamb. There will be times of prayer, but there's times when we push through through suffering too and that could be a sign and a wonder. And he tells them to repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And we're going to highlight this section right here. Just repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promises for you and for your children, and for all 
who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Maybe you've never been baptized. And uh, right after Easter, we're gonna do them here. Um, if you want, we can call you. I can come over to your house, just dunk you in the bath tank too. And we'll do that after, after April. But you don't wanna delay that kind of thing. You wanna jump in. But you wanna understand it, that you're fully identifying with Jesus Christ. You're giving up all of your old allegiance and your property and your owning and your rights and you're giving to Jesus. Well, why would you do something like that? Why? 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 Why would we do that? Why do we come together? Here's the greatest thing ever we can remember. We were guilty. We were lost. We were frightened. We were on the outside, but now we're found and we have freedom. But we have to fundamentally understand like Romans 3.22 teaches us, for there is no distinction for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. Paul, throughout the whole letter of Romans, is laying out that our depravity, our sin is so horrific. We will be separated from God forever. So we need a savior. And God sends Jesus. And when we're in him, that's how we can cry out Abba and we're adopted. Abba is the most intimate term and expression that Jesus himself uses as he talks to the father. And that is the same expression and access we have only through Jesus. And so the story we're always kind of pointing back to is just the only story that really matters, the good news. And, and we really have to understand what it means to be guilty. Now, it's one thing to just see the trials in, in our society and, and kind of look at it and yes, they're getting what they deserve. But do you also remember that if you don't have Jesus, you get what you deserve? What, what, that, whoa, weighty. For me and you to get what we deserve, it's to be eternally separated from God. None of, the, none of the good promises. Well, he'll wipe away all your tears and the streets are paved with gold and just separated forever. Because he did say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Liar, lunatic, or Lord. And so there is so much freedom when we just remember that we've been set free. We walk as people who are free. We want more people to have access as people as free. Does that mean that we don't exercise justice? Absolutely we do. But we walk in the tension. We're trying to give forgiveness to the guilty and we're trying to bring rights to those that have been wronged. There's this tension in Jesus we see on the cross. He stands right between these moments and here he is exercising the will of the Father and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. You might think, well, okay, preacher, Jesus could do it. Well, then Stephen, who's distributing food to the poor, just simply a soup spoon, you know, soup kitchen worker. But God doesn't see things like that as simple. He sees those as profound and prolific. We have the first martyr who gets killed by the person writing Romans. Because God can offer forgiveness like the world never can. And, he, and Stephen, when he's being stoned to death, he looks up and he commits his spirit to Jesus. And Jesus is standing for him. You need to know this today. Through all of your pain, through all of your suffering, God is not sitting. He's not idle. He's praying for you and he's standing for you. And he says, Father, forgive them because they don't really know what's going on. Same type of prayer. Same type of prayer because he recognizes that he has been set free. And so this world is just merely 
something that we're passing through, but we're very grateful in it. We own the moment, y'all. We own the moment. Romans 3.20 is just that there's no distinction for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift, right? That's why we gotta remember this. Remember these moments. Remember that we received it. So therefore, how we talk about people in our setting is so critical. Look, if Jesus was present on our Facebooks, if Jesus was present in our nighttime sessions when we're complaining about our coworkers, when Jesus was present, when we're thinking about our, uh, uh, the, the person that we're really mad about in, in certain ways with anger and hate speech, I mean, when Jesus was present, it's great. He, he, his heart would grieve. His heart would grieve. We have been forgiven, so therefore we forgive. Jesus is the ultimate motivation we need today just to remember that it's been by grace. And I think sometimes the big lie we can believe is this. It was for them then, and it's not now for me. Well, in Hebrews 11, it debunks that. It tells us that all of the prolific things that the Lord did through his prophets, Moses part in the Red Sea, you know, all these kingdoms that have happened, you have miracles, signs and wonders. It says that they longed for the day that Katie was in and Jerome was in, that Torian was in and Jerome, Cody was in, Noah was in, Raphael was in. Chantel was in. All of us that we are in, they longed, they were jealous. They were jealous because the boldness that we would have in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit, I think for some of us, we gotta let the line out a little bit. I think Lansing is longing to be loved and receive forgiveness and freedom into no matter what street it is or what place it is or school it is and, and how we talk about it is so important. How we talk about when somebody gets sentenced is so important. That we should cry and mourn and just stand and, and it is, we're standing up for those that have been abused, but at the same time we're grieving. We're like, ah, oh, and then we're remembering that we've been forgiven and we're wrestling this and we're praying, Jesus, come, come back. You're coming back. And we're living in that tension and okay with it, with freedom because we have been set free. There's a thing, I, if I had to sum this thought up, I wrote a sentence down. I think it's my personal diary, if you will. Guilty I stood. Grace came and took my sentence. And I am now free to run. One of my favorite chapters in all of the Bible is Romans 5. Worship team, if you guys would come up, that'd be really cool. We're going to end happy, don't worry. Thank you, brother. It's the second service. You never know how long we're going to go. We're staying all day. We're staying all day. Someone recently told me, I love your church because it's, it's not three hours long. I said, wow, okay. Who else do you love about it? I just love that it's short. Yeah. It's, like, okay. it's a selling point. We'll take it. Um, Romans 5 is, is, is so, the whole book of Romans is amazing, but five chapters really impacted my life. And therefore, since we have been justified... That's permanent, by faith. We have peace with God. I didn't have peace in any setting. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that our sufferings produce endurance and our endurance produces character, and our character produces hope. 
And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts. Remember when it cut them to their heart? The opposite of that is when God's love is poured into their heart. You know, what's crazy about Acts is, you know, when it ends there. And when you go back to Acts 2, just remember how it ends? In Acts 2, 42 and, and uh, 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of the bread and the prayers. And it all came upon every soul. This is where we get excited. Highlight reel. And many wonders and signs were being done. Yeah. Through the apostles and all who believed were together and had all things in common. Well, we know it wasn't Spotify playlists. We had to have been Jesus. And as it goes to continue, it says, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending to the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And that added to the number. Okay, yeah, I want, I want this thing to grow. But, but you got to understand, originally it just came with people dying to self. They didn't even know if it would add. Just, just believing that Jesus is who he said he is. And as we go back to this, it, it gives us meaning to understand how these, all these texts are working together, that God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And six, I hope you lean in here because this is where each one of us find our freedom. There's only one place you'll be equal and that's in the house of God because every other thing has a tally system, has a merit system. The house of God, here's the merit system. Every one of us have failed. Oh, man. Okay, who else? So-and-so's good. Yeah. Well, he's not as bad as Hitler. So? He's also not better than Jesus. Jesus is our scorecard. In 6, it says, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Okay, you could kind of, yeah, maybe someone will, someone will take the team for Gandhi. Though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. Man, we really like that so-and-so. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While you were guilty, I was guilty, deserving of punishment, to be incarcerated for a lifetime of lifetimes of lifetime for all of eternity. That when Jesus set us free, there's no more bars, there's no more shame, there's no more, I gotta check my background or whatever. There's none of that, that we are alive in Christ in this power now. That's how we walk, that's how we breathe, that's how we see. We're motivated by grace. And it causes us to do the most radical of things. So the crazy love is really what it's all about. And someone giving up everything for Jesus, it's uh, kind of par for the course. You know, people say, well, get saved and then become a disciple. Really, it's just be a disciple, normative. They're just disciples. Jesus didn't say, just you get saved and then leave. No, let's go. He didn't say you'd be perfect. You're going to get back up, but you're in now. There's an allegiance. And I say this kind of, you know, just wrestling thinking through that our brothers and sisters across the world are just enduring so much pain, we, we're, we're able to be free today. I mean, the biggest thing we had was, you know, roads plowed. Some, it's, like, it's the death sentence. We had this pre-launch moment before the church started, 11 of us in a room. 
and we went around and we said, what's the craziest sin you can think of that would make you the most mad if somebody did it? What is it? And everyone had their list and you could tell we all started getting vicious, right? You know, if someone started this, you know, I wouldn't forgive them. Like I go, you know, and people, you know, how dare they if they did that to me, you know? And it was so fascinating because everyone had different things. Someone was murdering and uh, child molesting and all these kind of different sins, if you will. But then we posed the question at the end, well, what would Jesus do? And that's the tough, well, that's Jesus. Okay, is that just for them then? Or is that for us now? Is it just for Mother Teresa? Or is it also for the Karen Bennett's of the world? Andy Stanley writes in Visioneering here, if God has birthed a vision in your heart, the day will come when you will be called upon to make a sacrifice to achieve it. And you will have to make the sacrifice with no guarantee of success. Some of you, the sacrifice is just loving your family, being faithful at your job that you hate. Maybe that's the new opportunity to remember that you work for God. Karen Bennett and five of her friends left the suburbs. I love this picture. She's a single white female. She was 23 years old. And they leave to go in the worst part of Atlanta in the projects. She left the comforts of Gucci and driving a Honda. But the emptiness she saw in the eyes of the children was something she could not ignore. And vision began to take shape. She began convinced that there needs to be a safe place for children in the middle of what was and continues to be a drug-infested war zone. So Karen and her friends decided to plant a children's church in the inner city. Even when we told people, we're trying to plant a church in the inner city. Real? That's interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. We'll pray for you, you know. How are you going to sustain? How are you financially going to sustain it? I don't know. You want to give to it, you know? And uh, month after month, we kept going down there until we felt like it was time to get a building. And then they found out a building was 2000 a month to rent. It could have been $2 because they didn't have the salary. They didn't have all these luxuries. In fact, all their friends gathered up their money. You know how much coin they had? They had 52 bones, $52, not stacks, $52. Karen contacted a couple of churches for support, and they were unwilling to partner. Nobody was interested in supporting a standalone inner cities church. Whereas most single young ladies would have taken this as a sign to just go back and go elsewhere, Karen took it as a vision to commit deeper. So it ended up as all their staff, they kept going in and they took jobs to pay for the building and they forgot before they signed the lease to check if the building had heat, it didn't. So when it got cold at night, Atlanta's not the coldest place, but it gets cold enough. And they had these 18 inch sewer rats that they call them gophers because they would go for you as you went up and down the stairs. They would knock on weekends of door to door, inviting people to their services. What would it look like if we all just got bold? What would, I just, what would it look like? And today, Karen and her 16 members and staff with over 3,000 children each week in multiple services they're able to draw hundreds of teenagers. They've been able to establish a private school in the community and 
Tuition is just $20 per month. See, but the price they paid for success, um, the church was broken into over 70 times and Karen was mugged and three of her staff were beaten up by teenagers. Most of the windows in their buses had been shot. 10 of the children who attended the first church service had been murdered. The first funeral Karen performed was for one of her own staff members. In Karen's response to it all, if you decide that what God is asking you to do with your life is just too much, just too inconvenient, then you will never see the miracles he has for you. This morning, today, we have the victory. Hallelujah means highest praise. It means, yeah, I was lost and now I'm found. I was guilty, but I'm no longer, I'm innocent. That God cast my sin as far away as from the east is from the west. So-and-so might remember, that's cool. I'm gonna say sorry and work towards that. But hey, I stand clean before the Father. I think about our team, you guys, the heroic leaders that come in and what will God do in several years from now? What will he do? I think it's going to take us all. I think it's going to take a bold response. But the Karen Bennett's of the world, they're not more special than you. The Mother Teresa's of the world, they're not more special than you. They were just available and said, I'll go. Be faithful where God's planted you. That can look heroic. Love the least where God has you because you were the least. And if you're in this place today and you feel, hey, I'm lost. I need this whole Jesus thing you're talking about. Cool, you should be asking what they did with Peter. What shall I do? Well, remember what they said. Repent, be baptized. Put your life into Jesus. Receive him by faith. And then walk with a whole new swagger. Greatness is in you. So as we close, I want to pray for us. And I pray today that you'll let it go. Whatever it is. What's your butt? I, but maybe you should just worship God and remember he's given us the victory that now he'll show you what to do with the snow what to do with your setting I trust the Holy Spirit for that we don't need to give you a five step plan because God wants each one of us to just live the life that he's called us into to overcome the evil one by the word the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony It's as simple as that. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for each person represented here. I pray that they will feel no more guilt and shame. Let it be gone. I pray for people that feel anxiety. Right now, it ceases. In the name of Jesus, it ceases. For those that feel like even they suffer with disorders and anger so intensely, I pray that you'll show them a new rhythm. And if you can use Peter and you can change the Pauls of the world who killed Stephen, then you can use every single person in this place. Ignite faith. Push through the fear. Ignite faith. Push through the worries and the cares. Push through it. Ignite faith today. Hallelujah. We have the victory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand and worship with us as we close? Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. 
For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.